0: Previously, or embrace the
1: chaos. Like this, this group that we just kind of like—you needed, you needed need yeah. each and every one of them to make it through.
2: So y'all were the mean girls. No the
1: mean girls. No, not <laughs> any means.
0: Okay. Why do you say mean girls? I like mm-hmm. how this is when he in, decides to
2: engage in oh, the yeah. conversation. Oh yeah, they're a producer. You know who I am. <laughs> don't so, add me. So, don't so, add me. So, so,
1: Embrace the chaos, this is episode 3, part 2, part 2, dos, I am your host, Jasmine, and back at it again, we have Sam, I am, what's up, we got a big urn,
2: that's right,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, like I mentioned uh, in the previous episode me and sam kind of had an idea for one episode and it ended up being extremely long so we decided to kind of break it up into two episodes so this part two we are focusing on covid covid land covid um because that's kind of what nursing has kind of become this year like it was supposed to be what the year of the nurse and it's basically the year of the nurse fighting covid mm-hmm. um um it's pretty much consumed our whole lives. Like, I mean, just like everybody else, when we're not at work, we have to deal with it, mask up, um, family members, um, either supporting us or not supporting us, Um, going to the stores, everything um, in general. Then we go to work and we have to deal with it all over again. It's just like a a nightmare (laughs) that you can't wake up from, if we're being honest with Mm -hmm. it, so... Sam what was it like um finding out that we were going to take COVID patients and or how did you find out um so I
0: remember when this all first kind of started like I just remember people being like oh you know what is this like there was still a lot of education obviously that needed to happen right um we still weren't sure kind of what it was um or what was going to happen we didn't and it, I f- it, I feel like it was a kind of an overnight thing mm-hmm. and it was just like all of the sudden they're like oh like this is what's going to be happening now um i remember i came on shift <coughs> and they had like a meeting i can't remember who it was from either somebody from i think it was they were from admin mm-hmm. like administration one of the higher ups um and they met us uh, they met us on the unit and were pretty much like hey like as of tomorrow like this is turning into uh, why they chose medical ICU, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 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 whatever. Um, they were like, hey, pretty much this whole unit's, you know, we're going to open up the backyard and this whole unit's going to become, you know, COVID. Like, it's going to take COVID patients. It's going to be a COVID ICU. And initially, kind of what they had told us um, was that if we didn't feel comfortable strictly just working with COVID patients, that they would turn us into float pool ICU. mm And we would float about, you know, neuro, CV, CI. I was like, uh, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time. Right. And so I remember I was back the next night and I was like, you know, super nervous because I'd never floated before. I was like, oh my gosh, where am I going to get put? And then that's when everything had changed during the day on day shift that day. And that's when they decided that they were going to put us down into, because at this point they had stopped doing elective surgeries. And so they had closed down pre-op and PACU. And so... They opened up the pre-op area because they had beds down there, and they turned that into what was going to be the medical (laughs) ICU, and then upstairs where our regular medical was is where COVID land was. Right. So at the very beginning, I mainly worked downstairs and still regular medical ICU, and then initially worked my way up, and then now all we've done is COVID pretty much for the most part. So
1: Exactly. Um, so when I first found out that we were going to be the COVID ICU, I was actually on leave with Ellie and I think I actually found out via Facebook from one of our coworkers had a picture of the unit and was like, hold up, (laughs) welcome to COVID ICU. And I was like, wait a minute. I called, uh, Kelly so quick. I was like, what is going on? And she said, well, I didn't want to tell you because I wanted you to come back to work. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like you said, like, we didn't know. At this time, what it was, we didn't know what to expect. Like, it was just complete fear in regards to COVID and everything about it. Like, nobody knew the treatment. Nobody, it was just everything was changing so frequently because it was so new. And I remember because I had to go back to work a little bit early, earlier than I wanted. And my first night there, I was just full on like panic mode. Because, like you said, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where I was going to be put. Right. Um, I didn't know where the unit was anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where to go, where it was huddled, <coughs> what to do. And at this point, <coughs> they had changed into, like, everything was different. So even when you walked in the hospital, you had to have a mask on. Mm-hmm. And then... Kelly was trying to explain it to me like oh you gotta have a level three on and then put a level one on over as you change in the rooms and like I'm a visual person I'm like what is she talking about like I gotta wear two masks like Mm -hmm. what is going on and so I had to get used to that and then just like I said just just the fear I think most of the fear even though when I initially came back I didn't have to work with COVID patients was just you know fear for my family especially little Ellie right she was only two and a half two months when I came back and I would just remember feeling so panicked about that but so how did you feel when you took your first COVID patient oh so
0: (laughs) I remember I finally got floated upstairs to COVID to where our regular (laughs) ICU was and um I had taken a patient on CRT And just the whole, it just didn't even feel like our unit anymore. I remember that sensation of being up there. Like, we had different nurse practitioners. A lot of the CV people came over from CVICU. So the whole, everything was mixed. Like, we didn't, wasn't working with our regular staff. Like, most of it was float. And other nurses from other ICUs that I've never worked with before Mm-hmm. um it was a different nurse practitioner and I was like uh what is going on up here and the whole flow of everything that we're used to like of our normal ICU care for our patients and them and MST was completely different um right. and I just remember being really nervous because I'm like well this patient's you know like critically ill with COVID um we're proning paralyzing these patients he's on CRT like i I hadn't been, I hadn't had that much anxiety about taking a patient probably since I was a new grad. Right. It, I just remember feeling super anxious the whole night. I mean, I got through it, obviously, but I, I, I can't, you can't really describe the feeling. Just the whole patient, the, the care that we provide for these patients is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um. So, prior to COVID, you know, we would see people with ARDS <clears throat> every once in a while. and Like, maybe we would prone them, maybe we wouldn't, you know. It was like, a really cool and rare thing to kind of see you know oh we're proning this patient like they're a one-to-one you know it's kind of a big deal and right
1: everybody wanted to see it everybody wanted to learn it was exactly, a good learning like experience oh, We're paralyzing this patient
0: mm-hmm. Th- that's all we do now right with these covid patients is i've never seen so many people uh, it's just repeating stories it's like oh everybody has ards we're proning we're paralyzing everybody and mm-hmm. it's just a part of our normal routine now of just
1: <laughs> stress <laughs> stress constantly um I actually had my first COVID patient probably about a month ago um, just because I've been lucky enough that my coworkers have respected having a young one at home and um, staffing has allowed me not to have to always take COVID patients and um, I'm very appreciative of that but um, a couple weekends ago um, I had an orientee and so we had to take some COVID patients and uh I th- my first experience was we had a guy who was um he was actually supposed to transfer out to the floor got to the floor and then he couldn't recover after his transferring him into the chair so they brought him back to the icu there he was setting 88 on the 15 liters non-rebreather mm-hmm. and of course on the floor there's nothing past that you can go right so he came back to us we put him on airbo um, And he was initially doing better the first night we had him the second night, not so much. So we had him at one point, we had him on Airvo, and then we had to put the non-rebreather over him. And he was still sitting like, 84. Oh. So we're just like, oh, man, like, it's about to go. And so he had kind of been anxious during the day, and he had, um the day shift nurse had, had noticed that and had given him some paper because he just said he wanted to write, or I'm not sure if it was her idea or not. And he, so I guess he was writing and <clears throat> he's like, so I know he was an anxious guy. So, uh, my orange, had the other patient to take care of. So I just stayed in this room just to try to like, keep him calm. Like mm. he's anxious. Like I have time. Let me just sit here and kind of just talk to him, let him know, you know, we're right here. We're watching him. Like, you know, we got your back kind of thing, hoping to ease his anxiety and, um, He kind of looks over at me and he was like, if I don't make it, there is a note. Make sure my wife gets it. And I was just like, my heart broke. (laughs) Like, and you could just see the the pure, like, panic in this guy's face, in his eyes, in his, the way he was breathing. Like, he was, I mean, he obviously was struggling to breathe, but he was scared as well. And it's just like, you just feel so, because you never, you always have to watch what you say. In nursing, um, even though you know you're gonna do everything that you can for your patient to prevent obvious bad outcomes, but can't you never, promises. yeah, you can't make promises. Like all I can tell you is we're right here and we're watching you, and that's the best you can do. Like right. you can't tell anybody, oh, you know, you never know when it's somebody's time, and there's only so much that you can do. And so I just remember saying with them, we went ahead and we put him on BiPAP. Mm-hmm. and he got better. His stats were like ninety four. We started him on Prestadex, he calmed down a little bit more and we ended up having a good outcome for that shift. Um, and I just it, it that thought, his face, that fear in his eyes just I feel like constantly has just kind of stayed with me. Yeah. And then just seeing other patients too that I like we have a lot of patients too that have now tested negative for COVID but still have like lasting effects of it and still don't i mean essentially don't end up living and just seeing like the effects of their family um them um of what they were like it's just it's really heartbreaking i've never <laughs> have had so many patients pass away yeah
0: until this like i feel like i don't before this it's like you had hope for people like oh we'll get you out of the icu and i feel like we actually did transfer people out of the IC- icu and they got better at least from then, you know what I mean? Right. From when we took care of them. And I feel like now with the COVID, it's like, we take care of these patients and I feel like we do a whole lot for nothing. Yeah. Not that I, and I'm not saying that. It's just Not that it's
1: nothing. It just seems like no matter what we, we do, do, it's not enough.
0: Correct. And it's like, and it's like Jazzy said, like, you know, even if they get extubated and we are able to get them off, you know, the ventilator, that it's like these people have long-term detrimental effects that they may not recover from. And it's like you know, we put in all this work for these people, you know, weeks, depending on how long they're there. And it's just like, and it's stressful on us and staffing, you know, to constantly be at the bedside and have to deal with these things. And it's like, you know, we put in all this effort and I feel like, I don't, I feel like we let people down and it's like, I know we don't have control over it, but.
1: And I feel like that's what's so stressful about it is that we don't feel like we have control and we don't, like you said, like we do everything that we can and sometimes a lot of times recently i feel like it's just not enough right so kind of a uh, going on from there so let's talk about a little bit about what you wear when you go into a covid room
0: uh yeah so i so some people like to like change scrubs i know at the beginning a lot of people were doing that um like when um they initially had made us you know covid icu the first time around here in like march april um, I don't know if it was just like more paranoia, like at the beginning of people, not sure. of people not knowing things. And so a lot of people who worked up there would change out of their regular scrubs that they would normally wear and put on like hospital scrubs mm-hmm. or they would bring like an extra pair. Um, and then, you know, scrub caps and, um, shoe covers, um, you know, the goggles, everything, you know, obviously then when you go in the room, you got the, you know, gown up and then wear your n 95 or your papper, whichever you prefer, whatever you're fit tested for. Um, along with everything else, a shield or whatever else. Um, And I feel like now it's not that we – I feel like obviously there's a lot more information about things. We've changed a lot of our policies. Um, So now um, when I go into a COVID room, I've never changed my scrubs. I've always kept my regular scrubs, but nothing – from work ever touches anything inside my house besides the laundry basket and the washing right.
1: machine. Exactly. Like I don't
0: bring any shoes into my house or in like my backpack, like everything stays in the garage. Mm-hmm. But, um, I wear my regular scrubs. You put your gown on that the hospital gives you, you know, put your gloves on. Um, I sometimes wear a scrub cap. Sometimes I don't, but I always have my hair up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I like 75% of the time I probably have a, a scrub cap on. And then, um, I have either I have eyewear that I have at home or the hospital has some also that I wear and I'll put that on or you can wear a face shield and then I in 95 and then um, another mask on top of that for you in the room.
1: Yep. That's exactly it. So I, when I first started, I did, I changed it on my scrubs when, um, after my shift and I would just bring regular clothes to change into afterwards. I, I've pretty much stopped doing that. Um, but same thing, I sometimes I wear a scrub hat, sometimes I don't. Um, I prefer to. If I do, if I usually, I usually wear a scrub t- uh, hat on my first night, so I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to wash my hair. And then the second night, I usually don't really care, yeah. depending on what it, uh <laughs> what kind of patients I have. And then I'll come home and I'll wash it. But um, same thing. So when we go into a COVID room, whatever you get fit, fit tested for, so each employee gets tested for masks so there's different n95s so each of us have our own masks that we can and cannot wear and then like sam kind of mentioned you have a papper if you cannot fit your n95 or have not been fit tested for your n95s and this is just a pretty much a big astronaut helmet that has a little um little, uh, i don't know what you want to call it um but it's a little battery pack that kind of what flows air into and
0: yeah so the mask it's a super tight seal where Mm -hmm. nothing can escape and so you're only breathing in the air that it's providing you you're not breathing in outside air
1: correct correct so and then with our if you're wearing your n95 you have to push and put an additional mask over your n95 so your n95 stays with you the whole shift and then you have a level one that you're supposed to take off as you come in and out of each room. And then you're supposed to have your goggles on for or your eye protection on. Sometimes we have face shield instead, either your goggles or your face shields. And then um we put on our, our gowns. So we have these nice um blue trash bags in or yellow fluffy things i don't know i don't i really hate them uh i like the yellow ones better really i I prefer the trash bags way
0: too much in the blue ones i thought i was gonna pass out in a room the other night man (laughs) i don't care
1: i I prefer the blue ones the the yellow ones are just i don't know what it is about them i don't like them um it's all personal and then your gloves and i think that pretty much covers it some people wear shoe coverings um i don't no they pretty much have told us to stop doing that oh they did yeah so they said it was just it's not help it's it is what it is. Right. Um. Yeah, I think that covers what we have to wear. On that part. So, how do you feel about the morale on the unit since COVID hit? Um. So. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are kind of feeling the same. Obviously, it's affected people differently. Like we all deal with things differently. I definitely, I don't want to say that it's more negative, but you can tell people are wore out and people are worn down. And I think it's affecting everybody. Like people's attitudes are different. People don't, it's not that people don't want to be there, but like we're tired. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, it's like, it's the same stories over and over again. We feel like we're not helping people anymore. Right. Like we've seen all this sad stuff and it just feels like it as of right now, I, I don't there, I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's taking an effect on everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody's attitudes are different and You know, some days it's like, depending on who's working, it's like, it's just such a negative environment sometimes. And I know people probably don't mean that, you know, to come off that way.
1: But it is, but
0: it's coming off that way and it's affecting everybody because who you work with really can make or break your shift. And especially with people's attitudes, Yeah, because you can have a horrible night and have a horrible, um, you know, assignment and be really busy. But if you have great stuff there that's, you know, in a good mood and they want to help you and get through things together. It It makes all the difference. exactly. But when you have people who are just kind of want to keep to themselves or just negative, I don't want to do this, I'm tired of this, and complain the whole shift, it's like that brings everybody down. Yeah. And I feel like that's been happening quite a lot.
1: Yeah. I think it's been really hard. Um, I've noticed, too, like people just aren't the same as they used to be. Like a lot of these people I've known for years. Um, We've all known for years. And it's just you can tell just such a difference in them. Um how they act how how we interact with each other sometimes like yeah. i feel like there's a short few shorter fuse than usual Definitely. less patience um with each other less understanding with each other which kind of blows my mind yeah. um i've realized that our coworkers have not had a lot of grace for each other a lot of forgiveness for each other um which is crazy because we can go out and we can you know care and love or essentially our patients which are strangers right. but when it comes to people that we've worked with side by side for you know year years um we don't show each other enough sympathy um I still feel like and it's hard because I don't know what to do there's not much as you can do and you're like what like you said like there's some nights there's some staff that you work with and it doesn't matter, like your night's going to be cool no matter what right. comes your way. You're, you know, you got your friend, your pal, your ace, and you're going to get through it and you're just going to laugh at it. Right? You're going to exactly. laugh and cry at the same time because <laughs> that's what I do. That's what time. me and Jazzy do. <laughs> Worst case scenario at the bedside, we in there <laughs> laughing.
0: <laughs> um, but it's, I don't think we can change it. No. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't think people it's not that they're intentionally trying to be rude or be this negative. I think it's just some people's way of that's how they're coping with it right now. And it's like, Maybe they don't even realize that it's affecting everybody else, but it's like, I don't know, honestly, because there's some shifts I don't want to be there either. And I feel worn down and I'm tired, but I always, at the end of my shift always kind of end up having a positive attitude because I like to joke around and like make people laugh and try to make light of all this, of of every situation at work. so I always end up, you know, being joke, you know, joking around stuff like that. Not everybody likes it. That's fine. Whatever.
1: Right. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to do something, man. Cause you're going to go crazy. Uh, I feel like there's just a lot of tension too. I feel like, right there now. is a lot of tension. Um, a lot of it too, is just like our staffing. Like before we went into this, there's been a nursing shortage so now that there's <laughs> sick patients like we're we're super short we open more beds on our unit which we were already shorter nights so right. we need more staff and then what we're seeing now too is a lot of covid patients are supposed to be one-to-ones, one-to-ones. so don't the we don't have the staff for that like so hypothetically if we had um how many beds? We have 20, 20 beds now, right? Uh, with a backyard total, it's yeah. 20. You have 20 beds. So hypothetically, let's just say that seven <laughs> of the 20 are, are COVID patients. Well, if those seven all are supposed to be, you know, proned on the vent, isn't it just the vents now? I don't know. We're, we keep changing our policies. Anyways, if they're one to ones, I don't then, even know. Yeah. If, I don't even know if we're letting them be one to ones now. But I mean, hypothetically, they're supposed to be. If they're
0: super stable yeah. and they're not busy, and even if we are pruning and paralyzing on the vent, they'll probably pair you with somebody else. Right.
1: Hypothetically, they're supposed to be one to ones, but you know, um, that would just be seven nurses, not including the other. You know, uh, <laughs> what right. is that? Thirteen beds that yeah. need to be staffed. Like I forbid, like one of our, you know, non COVID. Rooms are a one to one because then you need another nurse for that. Right. So what we're seeing now too is we have less staff, and our charges are taking patients now too. Lose and on resources. our yeah, our charge nurses are essential because we need help. Like if you need help, that's who you you go to. And yep. now our charges are taking care of patients and a lot of times have sick patients as well, um, so they can't help you, and so you're just doing. <laughs> everything and you're yeah. exhausted and you don't sit down and you don't eat and you don't like drink you don't go to the bathroom and it's just crazy more than ever, yeah I feel like. it's very important and that alone like if you come in every shift knowing you're short or knowing that you know oh you get those text messages <laughs> down nine <laughs> nine nurses, critical care nurses nine critical care nurses what we're down a whole unit of right. nurses like what <laughs>
2: <laughs> generally <laughs> what do you do uh, uh,
1: well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you fake it till you make, make it, it. Yep. yeah you, you just fake your way through the still. night you just gotta go in it and you know accept, you're gonna make it yeah i mean you gotta accept your fate whatever yeah. it is like we know what to do yeah. we know
0: it just makes the night sometimes so difficult because it's like you're exhausted sometimes one patient depending on what ends up happening with them like if they're super sick like the other night when i was there like have The first half of the unit, we're all trying to die, mm-hmm. and it's like, for one patient that's super ill, like, going downhill, I mean, that literally can take half of the unit just to help that one patient and help that nurse do stuff, and it's like, but when you have half the unit that is critically ill, it's just, it. you're going to find yourself stuck in a room by yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you better put your thanking <laughs> cap on, because...
1: You need to be thinking.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I, I can't explain that that kind of stress because um, <laughs> these are people's lives, you know, that we deal yeah. with. And it's like I mean,
1: we sit here and we joke. Like, me and Sam are laughing, but, I mean, this is our coping <laughs> mechanism here, and both of our legs are falling asleep. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get comfortable. <laughs> but, I mean, these mm. are people's lives. Like, we laugh. We have to laugh because if not, we cry. <laughs> um,
0: and disassociate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you laugh and you disassociate, and then when you get home, you might have some wine. Um, that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I, I just
0: feel bad for the charges with, especially now too. We're talking about short staffing and s- short staffing and like losing, you know, resources for the nurses. And um, I'm just, I know they feel bad because they can't be as helpful right. as what they want to do, and then it puts stress on everybody, and then people get mad because they can't help, and I know it puts more stress on them, and I just. It we, it just weighs down the whole unit. So. Exactly.
1: So, what everybody wants to know: Are you gonna get the COVID vaccine? I already did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I believe in science and I believe in vaccinations. Um, I've always gotten vaccinated. I um, so this first one is I don't I don't know if the other one's a second dose, also, but this for the the one we're getting is a two dose, and so I got my first one uh, this morning actually, and then the second one's twenty one days later.
1: Okay. Is
2: um, that Pfizer? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I am also getting my COVID vaccine. So they sent us a text message. And, of course, they were all Mondays. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't work Sundays or Mondays. Like, I didn't want to be here. But just so happens next week and I'm working Sunday. So on Monday, the 28th, I'm staying over to get my shot as well.
0: That's what I did this morning.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> Ernest, would you get the
0: COVID vaccine? Hell no. Okay. I think that's so. I think that like people are allowed to have their opinions. People don't what? want to vaccinate. They do want to vaccinate. Like, I understand that. But there's like people are worried about all these side effects and things like that. What? Go read the side effects on an ibuprofen <laughs> bottle. <laughs> right. I'm, I mean, seriously, like people want to be like, oh, big pharma is trying to do this and I, put this in our bodies. That's literally with any medication you take. You'd be surprised by the side effects on some medications. I
2: haven't been, uh, I'm not a big vaccine person. And uh-huh. it's not even like a. Something I never really even thought about. It's yeah. not like I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to get the flu vaccine because uh, the government is putting a chip in me and stuff like that." Like right. it's, I, it's not that. I just don't get it. Right. Um,
1: mainly because I never
2: that. really got the flu until last year when I almost died. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. He did um, um, die. When it comes to this, he
1: did not almost die. Uh,
2: sh- how are you gonna tell me?
1: <laughs> We're not. <laughs>
2: What i I've felt seen like. people we, I've, I've seen people like die I was from the flu. I felt like I was dying then. I'm sorry. I
1: <laughs> Yeah, rephrase, misquote. rephrase that.
2: Anyway, um
1: you won't get sympathy from ICU nurses. When it comes to
2: this vaccine though, um I am I would be interested of in taking it after you know there are, you know, people that I know has taken it and they haven't grown a third leg or like your wife. Yeah, yeah. Like well, I'm doing okay right now, I'll let you know. I mean I feel, I feel you no said different. this morning. I mean, you, you wake <laughs> up and you know, you're crawling on walls. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um no. I just felt like this was rushed too. And um, you know, there's so many different companies making this vaccine. You got uh Moderna, you got Johnson and Johnson, you got just tons and tons of different people making this vaccine that I I just don't know which one to take, I don't know which one is going to be the champion over all of them because, I mean, well, I, I feel like <clears> throat> there's <throat> going to <throat> be three different vaccines or ten different vaccines out there
1: right? Well, to choose from. It, it kind of brings back that. to what Sam was saying. Like, I think that, that thought process, while um, I understand why you feel what you feel, it's kind of the same like Sam said about the ibuprofen. What about the Excedrin you took this morning? There's different manufacturers. different manufacturers taking the Excedrin the- this morning. For the Excedrin <laughs> that you take, um, how do you decide which Excedrin bottle you're going to go for?
2: I mean, that's been around for how long?
1: But it's a question, though. How do you decide? How do you know which one's the best? Did you look at research before you before you decided which bottle you were going to pick off the shelf?
2: D- <laughs> Wait,
1: what? Well, I mean, that's kind of what you're saying, right? You're saying there's different manufacturers for the vaccine, right? Equate, best value. Yeah, like there's I mean, there's, kinds of there's whole brands. different kinds of brands for Excedrin. So how do you know which one, which bottle you were gonna pick? Did you do research before you picked out which one you you, you were gonna get?
2: Um, <laughs> yes and no.
1: Yes and no. Yes, how? Yes,
2: as in like I didn't start taking Excedrin until I actually like did a little bit of research into what the hell it was. You know, I just don't take anything like that. I. But I you looked just at the different studies and saw which
1: which <laughs> brand was most effective. What? You looked at the different studies and saw which brand was most, ef- most effective.
2: I mean, the back in the day, yeah, between, like, the Tylenol and Excedrin, yes. But are you talking about between, like, Great Value or Target and stuff like yeah. that? No, I have not.
1: See, so that's the same thing as you're, you're mentioning all these different manufacturers that are making the vaccine. Pe- people get too hung up on, if people want to
0: believe in medicine, they want to come to us when they want help. So like when you want treatment and you come to things for hospital people tr- trust us and we give you all these medications to help you but when it comes to the scientific process and us having to deal with something new all of a sudden nobody wants to trust us with with anything but you still come to us when it's something that's not covid related right. and you expect us you know we'll load you up with all this stuff and it that I've seen I I don't know it's just like I've seen medicine we're around it all the time I've seen medicine work right I've seen it You know, we can't predict everything, but it's like, I don't know. People are, I don't know why there's all these conspiracies behind everything. And it's like, I just don't get it, I guess.
1: But Ernest, I feel like, I mean, your concerns by all means are valid concerns. I don't feel like anything you're saying is not something that anybody else has already thought and anybody else has has looked into. I think the general public has a lot of questions. I still get nervous taking certain medications.
2: (laughs) I, I, I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. Like, basically, what I'm saying is, like, I'm just going to wait. Like, I want to see what other people to, yeah. are, how, no, how they're think- going to react to it. Like, when you when you came, like, you started talking about the etc and stuff like that. I mean, if I was to pull up Instagram or watching TV and they said, hey, X, Y, and Z people has died from and I wouldn't be taking no Or X, Y, and Z people um, are doing this and that. Like, I haven't heard that. Like, if people were dying and doing other stuff from... Uh, or getting different diseases and stuff like that from taking Excedrin or Tylenol or anything like that, I wouldn't take it. Or anybody else probably wouldn't take it. What I'm saying is, I'm just gonna sit and wait.
0: All right. See, we can put out that information, and they'll trust us with it, and be like, "Oh, this is happening, and we can get treated for this." I don't know what it is about COVID. I think there's too much conspiracy around it, too much politics involved. People just don't trust. Mm. Have, don't trust anything about it. A China virus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: gonna, I'm gonna tell you like this: when it comes to if you are going to receive the COVID vaccine or not. At the end of the day. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and push you to get it. I'm not going to sit here and I mean, I'll give you as much education as I can on it. Um, Tell you my beliefs on it. Tell you that I'm going to get it. But uh, at the end of the day, if you decide not to receive the COVID vaccine, I won't look at you any differently. Right. I won't think you're less than. I won't demean you mm-hmm. or call you any kind of names I and, and probably and, won't think anything and this it. is <laughs> the thing though I wish it was the same for us like I feel like we're getting a lot of shots taken at us for getting the COVID vaccine which irritates me I feel like th- what I said for people who are deciding not to get it should go to the same for people who are deciding to get it are you encountering that a lot with anybody that you know uh not personally um I've been called sheep a couple of times. There's just
0: been stuff I've seen on social media posts. And it's like half the people, I'm sorry, they don't know what they're talking about. Half the facts that they read are actually not true um, with some of the studies. Um, They try pulling stuff up about like infertility and stuff like that. Actually, if you look at the numbers, you can debunk almost everything that people are saying about some of the side effects um, and the numbers. So I just don't really have anything to say (laughs) about it. Right.
1: (laughs) Like I said, at the end of the day, it's your choice. It is what it is. Um, I'm telling you that I'm getting it. Sam's getting it. Already Ernest said. It. Ernest <laughs> said, "Heck no, nah, he ain't getting it." And it is what it is, right?
2: Yeah, and I'm not gonna be one of those those ones who.
1: No, we respect that because it's like
0: I also did my research and looked at things that the hospital had provide to me, or talking with different pharmacists and things like that. I didn't just be like, "Oh, you know what I mean?" It's um, right. So I totally understand where you're coming from with wanting to wait and be like, you know, I you you want to see. Because there's still a possibility for side effects to come up that they didn't know. That's with anything that happens in medicine.
2: Especially something that, you know, comes out so quick because vaccines, I mean, if anybody knows how a vaccine is made, like, it literally takes years and years and years and years before it can actually, or generally actually hits the FDA and have them pass it and, Mm -hmm. you know, be used.
1: Exactly. So... Have you felt discriminated against as a nurse? I haven't experienced
0: anything super personal towards me, but um, definitely have seen it just the way people talk on social media with reading comments and things like that, saying that we are over-exaggerating everything that's happening in the hospital. And it's like, I don't know where people get this information half the time, honestly. Like, if you don't work in healthcare and you're not with it up close and personal, um, like we are, I'm sorry, like... Your opinions and your words don't really mean anything to me because you, you know, you kind of don't know what you're talking about. Right. And it's kind of a slap in the face because you will, and it's, like I said, it's just with COVID, but it's like, oh, if you get in a car accident or something, you're going to expect us to help you and you're going to want to believe everything that we give you and, you know, you're, and treat you with to get you better. And so, um, there was, um. Yeah, no, I don't wear my scrubs out in public, though. I've just heard stories of other people wearing their scrubs out in public and getting stuff said to them, and so I just don't. I don't even want to deal with it. Exactly. And I really don't like telling people I'm a nurse right now. Like, I went to go get my hair cut, and she's like, oh, so what have you been doing during this time? And I was super hesitant to tell her, and it's like, I hesitated for a second. I was, like, trying to come up with something, something else, and I was like, well, actually, I'm a nurse, and there's, like, she was shampooing my hair, and she, like, stopped, and she was like, Oh. I was like, oh, here we go. And then everybody wants me to just load them with information about right. COVID. They want to know <laughs> I'm like, we about don't COVID. even know everything. Right. I, I only know what I see at our specific unit, at our hospital. It is different everywhere you go. Anyway, before I get on a huge rant. What's the main
2: <laughs> question that you guys get from, you know, people who are just curious about what's going on at the hospitals and how
1: that. many COVID patients we have? Yeah. How many people have you seen die?
0: Really? Oh, people That's asking, pretty, that's people pretty asking me that, <laughs> Jesus. I just <laughs> usually ask how many COVID patients we have or like, how sick are they actually? Like, yeah.
1: I mean, I get a variation of that question, but mostly it's how many patients have you seen die?
0: It's like they almost need the, like, they want, like, oh, so you, like, and even when I tell people, it's like, oh, on our specific unit, we only have nine COVID patients. They're like, nine, that's... <laughs> I'm like, that's just one unit. You got to yeah. understand they're throughout the entire hospital and throughout <laughs> every hospital and, and ev- throughout the entire you, country. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's
1: a lot. Of, I feel like our our floors are probably more packed with COVID patients than we are in the ICU. Right. I mean, because you got to keep in mind, ICU, you got to be really sick to earn yourself a bed. Yeah. Um, I think that as far as discriminated against as a nurse, I, I agree with you. I am very hesitant to tell people, what i do because i don't want any questions that follow up with it Mm -hmm. because i'm not very good at i haven't come up with a a cover story per se and i need to (laughs) because i'm not good at lying like right um i was actually out in public the other day i was picking up panera and i had had my scrubs because i ordered online i was going to get the food and i was going to come inside to get my food and had to work and i had held the door open for this family it was um husband and a wife and then two daughters and the adults they said thank you so they walked in, I walked in after them and I'm looking on the shelf and they as I walk in they adults instruct their kids to tell me thank you for holding the the door open for them and I was like, Oh, you're welcome, you know, and I'm looking for my food and they're like, So you're a nurse and I'm like, Yeah, I'm a nurse. (sighs) Here we go, you know. (laughs) And they were like, oh, well, where do you work at? And I was like, oh, well, I work at St. Luke's on the plaza. And they're like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And the daughter looks at me and she says, why do you wear that thing on your head? And I was like, here comes the awkward questions that I'm not (laughs) ready for. And I was like, well, I wear this because of the type of patients I take care of. You know, I this cap so when I get home I don't have to necessarily wash my hair, she's like oh okay, that's cool I understand, and they're like oh so you, you do you take care of COVID patients, and I was like <laughs> <sighs>
0: they don't want to touch you look uh, at you,
1: <laughs> I was like actually yeah I work in the COVID in the COVID ICU, and they're like oh thank you so much for what you do. We really appreciate you, and I think that was the first time that I encountered a good thing yeah because like you said i try not to wear my scrubs <laughs> like if i do order food it's usually through the drive through people can't see me like right but i want a panera and i mean i've even had family members that like treat me different or don't want me over because i take care of covid patients As a matter of fact when my kids found out that i was taking care of covid patients they went like and put their <laughs> their shirts over their face like no, it's hard like it's hard like how we save lives and yet we get treated like this yeah it's but something you
0: can't explain to people i don't
1: yeah it's hard um it's actually really heartbreaking um union do <laughs> we need a union i'm trying to figure out where they got nurse unions at because i feel like we need one I think there's a positive side to unions. Um,
0: I I was semi in one when I worked at another hospital as a nursing intern. They had just automatically put you in one. Um, but
1: so is it what does it vary by like hospital day?
0: I don't know. That was for HCA. Oh, okay. <laughs> um and I I'm, I'm not gonna speak too much on HCA or how they choose to run things, but I know a lot of people, a lot of nurses who work for HCA are in unions for specific reasons
1: do you like do you know how to you have to buy into a union
0: no i don't know like to get one started i don't know and that's a company thing too that's and so I was wondering a lot of corporations do not like unions and so if <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think we're gonna get listened into about a union? oh it
0: makes it harder for things to happen i like, like when you are in a union like i don't know my dad worked for one for his entire career like they the company you work for can't just straight up fire you. Like everything has to go through the union.
1: Interesting. Well, I feel like California has unions, right?
0: I'm not sure. Actually, I don't
1: know. I, don't know, I need to look that up. But I don't think we have anywhere we work. I know we don't have anywhere where we work. Well, I've never heard of any where we work. And
0: now we probably get fired for trying to start one. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even know how you would even go about that. I, I think there's definitely either.
0: positives to it. Right.
1: Well, I think my main interest is because, and I might have made this up completely, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that <laughs> California has unions. It wouldn't surprise me. And I feel like California, their night shift nurses get to take naps. and Oh, hey, hold on. That's what <laughs> I'm aiming for right now. <laughs> so I have I have selfish intentions. I don't to know how nursing,
0: unions. like nursing unions, work. I think that's definitely like some maybe something to just educate ourselves about. For sure. Like I, I don't know what they provide or what they can do for nurses. Um, I don't know
1: honestly. Well, we uh, need to look into this nap situation because <laughs> that's what we're concerned about. <laughs> that's <Scrim> smart staffing and <laughs> our education. But if, if to take, take a nap every night. <laughs> I swear I'd be a million times better. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. No,
0: I think it's definitely something to educate yourself about, especially as a nurse, just because, like, I don't know what nursing unions have to provide or what they could, you know, what they have to offer for nurses or the benefits and the, you know, the cons of it. I don't know. Right. I'm not against them.
1: Me neither. Okay. So, we got a quote for the episode. Okay. (laughs) Mm. Mm. All right. Here we go. With my reading again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I inspire my patients. Most often they inspire me. <laughs> Why are you I'm kidding. Me? That was a joke. <laughs> I was said, kidding. Well, well. I don't know. I, I feel like I come across patients who have just the most resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, the most positive attitude despite... No matter what they're going through, and they still take the time to be kind. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, (laughs) there's some patients that are not like that, but I do feel like I do encounter a lot of patients that I feel like do inspire me. Yeah,
0: especially the ones who were really sick and actually make it out and go home. I feel like we don't get to see that a lot.
1: Right. Okay, so now we're moving on to the poem of the episode. So, this was actually written by one of my co-worker's brothers. Ah, uh-huh. I, I love I, this. I don't know his name. I asked her what his name was. So, I'm sorry, brother of uh-huh. Tiffany Klein. I do I not know your name. I can't remember his name either. I. I is asked her paramedic? and she yeah he's a paramedic EMS something but he wrote yeah. this beautiful poem and I asked him if I could share it on my podcast and they said yes so once again I apologize for my reading because we all know she's I'm gonna butcher it I'm gonna <laughs> mess <it> up but <laughs> if scrubs could talk if my scrubs could talk what would they say as I care for patients day after day I change at work the virus is shun but our bu- but our skill for work is never done they've seen the best and worse than men and caught the tears of dearest friends these past few months have seemed like years and the coming days lie my greatest fears and yet i place them on each day in some small way they seem to say we are a team and you with me will see an end to this grim scene the coming ones we will have to teach How we carried on reaching into the breach. I, like my scrubs, am am worn and tired. These mournful days leave me uninspired. And yet we rise to meet our fate despite the lies, deception, and hate. We can't beat my scrubs and I, though tears may come into my eyes. I'm here to help. I'm here to serve, especially to those who don't deserve. My caring touch, my watchful eye. My hurting heart, when your loved one dies. Say what you will, people are suffering. So this great profession, we continue serving. I ask not for your empty praise. I care not for another raise. Well, maybe a little one. (laughs) To see the end of this pandemic, my goal is and will be that you won't forget it. These lessons learned, the darkest hours, have strengthened my faith and God's great power. If I succumb, my life's road trod. Happy I'll stand before my God. You've cared for others. Your work is done. Enjoy the rest that you have won. Take heart all those who, who don their scrubs with goggles, gowns, and masks and gloves. This too shall pass. We will all come through, but watch for those who need help from you. I just think that's so dope. Like it is. He, he did a great
0: job writing that. He it's beautiful. He did an
1: awesome job just putting in everything that we do, how we feel, right, um, into just this um, this beautiful poem. And I feel bad because I did butcher some parts as Sam was trying not to laugh at me <laughs> hysterically. I'm so sorry. But I mean, <laughs> I, uh, d- I, I just face. read this and I, I was like, I absolutely have to share this. Um, yes, I read it at work one night. Yeah. It, it's just beautiful. He just an amazing job, really. Um, shout out to you too, paramedic EMS brother, because you are going through it as well. Everybody um, else in healthcare, I think people yeah. just
0: think about nurses. It's everybody works in the hospital. Any shout out
1: to our Rts, our our nurse practitioners, doctors, nurse practitioners, our doctors, our our techs, services. EMA, uh, EVS. Yes, uh, they, man, they were working short like crazy, mm-hmm. cleaning everything. Um, shout out to everybody else that's uh. EMT, Essential. paramedic, firefighters. Yeah, I mean, and not even just it. healthcare, though. All the people in the grocery stores that stayed open. And, you know, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare workers, we get a lot of praise. But what people don't realize is that we have protection. People at the grocery Supposedly, store begin to the most. <laughs> most of us have protection. I know there's some people in areas that were, like, some issues with some... P, uh, PPE, but we, for the most part, have our protection. But, I mean, there's people, like you said, in grocery shops, they don't get the p- kind of protection we you're do. dealing
0: with everyone in yeah. the general public.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, I, and I feel like hospitals, for the most part, people like to stay away because they're scared. But mm-hmm. grocery stores, I mean, they got to go there. So, shout out to you and everything yeah. that you do, really, though.
2: A lot of people just don't care. They just, <laughs> they go to the store. Exactly. Just they, be at the store. Yeah. Or, like, the people uh, who I ask don't good, something but I gotta or they've been coughing milk. and stuff <laughs> like that. Right. I got to go get my nicotine.
1: <laughs> Dude, look, so ta- ta- right here. I could talk about that for a minute. Anyways, so guys, I think this is what it is. We are going to wrap up episode 3, part 2. This is our COVID session. I would like to thank you guys for listening to us, um laughing with us hopefully. Um hopefully you got some um good laughs and some good vibes from this from this episode um numbers are rising guys let's stay safe wash our hands and mask up mask up um and as always you guys positive vibes positive minds positive thoughts and always all right guys we'll see you next week stay safe we out